Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Ms. Leanne Whippen, Hall of Famer, and my co-pilot on this adventure, Camaro Dave, Commander Chris. They're sleeping off last night's festivities, I think, somewhere in the back of the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios here in Portland. Uh, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended. And today, our guest is uh, Pat Ford. Now, if you know Pat Ford, good for you. Seems like a really good guy. <laughs> but he is the VP of Ford Gourmet Foods back in Raleigh, North Carolina. I love North Carolina, Pat. I was just going to tell you that, too. It's a great town. But first of all, welcome to the show. Town. Thank you, Thank you for having yeah, me. City, town. Yep. That's, that's either state? one's fine. Yep. <laughs> well, North Carolina's <laughs> a state, but Raleigh's a sure. cool town. Uh-huh, well, uh-huh. thanks. Yeah, we yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, so bone sucking sauces. I think the first time I saw yep. that, like on Twitter, I got I I got a chuckle out of the title or the name, and I, I thought eventually I'm going to have to talk to you about that. And so your family has been in the food business for quite a while. Um, of course, I've read your bio and the story of the company, but I wanted you to share that with us. How did all this bone sucking business get started? Let's see, uh, family recipe from uh, my grandma that my uncle uh, modified and copied, and then my mom came up with the name for it, and uh, we just started selling it. I was, um, I was down in Charleston, South Carolina at college at the time, and so I would go door-to-door down there in my Jeep um, selling it, and then my parents, of course, were selling it um, at our gourmet food store that we have in North Carolina. We had a uh, at that time, we had an airport store. We had a farmer's market location. And so they were selling it at the stores that we had there. And then my brother was up at Appalachian State in the mountains, and he had a, a catering company, and he was also doing catering events with it at the time. So we had a, a multi-pronged approach to getting it out into as many people as we could at the time. Was it so, developed? Uh, you, you talked about family recipes and stuff, but was that you know, the secret sauce, so to speak, of the family? Or was it developed and modified over time to where it is now? It was at at that time, it was my uncle would, we would have cookouts in my grandparents' house and he would be the one that would cook. And that was the barbecue sauce that we would use at those events. And it just became one of those things that was so good um, that we would take it home and everybody would eat the leftovers. And my mom thought that it reminded her of her grandma that would, or her mom, my grandma, that would suck the bones on something that was really good. And you would get all the way down to the very end of it and not yeah. leave any meat on the bone. It's a great and name. that's where the name came from. And that's what inspired the name. And you should get together with Meathead because he he likes to, 
suck the marrow out of the bones. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I understand. When it's really good, you do want to. Yeah, uh-huh. no, no, it's really good. So you were in college and they send some cases down with you and you go door to door. Was this what you were training for in college or uh, were you just studying marketing or were you going to be a golf pro? Tell us about that. Um, well, at the time I was working in uh, the restaurant business and bar business down in Charleston um, and doing things with that. But this was mom and dad. Uh, they would give me $2 and 50 cent per store for every store that I would land with the sauce. And so I needed a whole lot of stores to add up that 250 at the time. So I went as many stores as possible, you know, everywhere that would uh, that would have me in as a visitor. I would go in and try and get them to take the sauce. Also doing a lot of demos and things like that down there. Um, And of course, up here, being at the airport store, that was a real good launching point for people that would come through the airport and then fly back somewhere else. Right. And then want to get the sauce when they got home. Uh-huh. So that worked. And, and then also being at the Charleston market and uh, all the tourists that would go through that market as well and then go back home somewhere else. And then mom had this wonderful idea of let's not compete against our retail stores. So when someone goes back home to Iowa, Illinois, wherever they were going home to, to tell them to go to their favorite store and ask them to bring it in for them. Instead of us wanting to ship it to them, we would say, how about we send you information to take to that store and then you become the salesman and get your favorite store to bring it in for you. And so that kind of helped us to locations. Did mom give them two and a half bucks too? No, but she would send them a hat or something like that. If they were able to get it in the store. They became uh, brand ambassadors before really they were brand ambassadors. This was in the yeah, early nineties. Yeah. I was so going to say, $2.50 wouldn't even, back in those days, wouldn't even pay the tip on my bar tab. So you would have had to really work hard to, to. Yeah, that's not a lot of money. To, to no, pay. But that's, that's why I went to like Piggly Wigglies and Harris Teeters and all the people that had lots of stores. I was I was doing the numbers on it thinking, <laughs> I need to get chain stores. I need to get, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to exactly. make this into something. Um, yeah. yeah. And that was kind of where it was at. So you redid your deal then, and it was like if you got it into a chain, it was two fifty for each store in the chain. Well, they kept supporting me at that time, so that I, was got a good deal either way. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got to stay in the family. <laughs> what's um, what's been the toughest part of you stepping into a family business? I was in a family business for a long time, and there's great things about it, and sometimes there's tough days with family businesses and I don't, we don't need to know any gory details or anything, but it, did you start out that way? Uh, as just kind of coming in as a salesman when you got through with school and, well, or did you have something else in mind? Well, I actually, I grew up in the business um, since where our main business when I was growing up and, and our, we still have is a produce company. Uh-huh. Um, and that was uh, started by my great grandfather and my grandfather. And so ever since age five, I worked on the loading dock, you know, and grew up my brother and I in the family business. So um, and then went off to school and then would work summers back here and then back in school. And so, yes, after school, uh, coming back here. But my brother and I had both grown up in the business. since a very young age. But the business changed um, from just doing produce. My mom was bored when we were in middle school and uh, 
decided she was going to do a fruit basket business. And so she started selling fruit baskets. And then that became a couple of retail stores. And so that was growing at the same time. And then that's where we had a chance to market sauce. And so when I came back from college, after uh, being, you know, finishing up, I went, I came back and worked all the different divisions in the company and just felt that this was where I really wanted to be was in the barbecue side. And at that time, you know, we only had a, a couple of items. We had a regular and a hot. And so from then on, we've just been expanding it and learning and, and growing. And, and so, yes, the, you know, this wasn't even here when I was growing up, this part of it. Your mom sounds like she's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, I would say so. She is. Yeah, that's, that's a good way of saying it. I just lost my monitor. Hold on one second. I'm sorry. I can't see you. Oh. <laughs> That'll be right back. Yeah, I'll be that's right a back. first. Yeah, sorry. I'll send you on my. Yep. There, oh, there he is. Yeah, I'm back. Yep. I'm going to my desk for a second. Hey. <laughs> So we were saying uh, your mom's a force to be reckoned with. She is. She a uh, hardworking woman, and uh, but uh, being a woman in a in a man's field with the barbecue, you know, at that time, you know, mostly men, and uh, so yeah, coming up with a product and a name, and just a just a real fortunate person to be around her. And uh, she was just inducted into the Hall of Fame in the Specialty Foods this summer. Well, there you go. There you, there you I, go. I think Leanne can lend some credence to that being a, mm. a woman growing up. She was on the competitive side with her dad. Uh, oh. That was oh probably gosh. some gr glass ceilings to break there along mm -hmm. the way. Yeah. Good for yes. you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. Tough. It, it is tough. Does anybody in your family sit still, Pat? It sounds like you guys are always going huckledy buck, uh, you know, a million miles an hour. I got here at four o'clock this morning, if that tells you anything. And wow. So, yeah, tomorrow's my late day. I get to come in at seven. So that's, you know, being in the produce world and having a different set of hours. Uh, but, yeah, that allows us to get a lot done. That's for sure. Yeah. But you're down by three, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully by three. That's the plan. It doesn't always work out that way. But yeah, that is the plan. Wow. That's, that's incredible. How big is the company now? I know no dollars or anything like that, but how many employees do you have? And, uh, you know, where are y'all shipping to these days? Well, we, uh, we have a couple of co-packers um, that bring, you know, they make the product for us. So here where we are in the warehouse um, is just where we distribute from. And with the produce side and the sauce side, we have a little over 50 employees. That's pretty hefty. It keeps us busy. And my dad is the one in charge of bringing everything in and getting everything bottled and everything manufactured and all the compliance and regulation um, and all that side of it. So he brings it in and then mom and I make sure it gets out of here. We find a home for it somewhere else. As we say, we're not in the storage business. We need to find a new home for it. Yeah. So, so you make you bottle the sauce right there. No, no, no. We have a couple of co-packers, oh, one that does our dry rubs and then one that does our wet products. Okay. Two separate ones. Are they local or uh, fairly local? Is. Yeah, the sauce one is. Um, and our rub one is in Missouri. It just happened to be the best place that we could find to do it. Um, we actually met them at a trade show and they were across from us uh, many years ago. And uh, I've been working with them ever since the same one with the, uh, the seasoning side. Oh, wow. That's very yeah. cool. 
We are going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We're going to be back and talk some more with Pat Ford from Bone Sucking Sauces in Raleigh, North Carolina, right after this. Please stay with us. of a southern man, daughter of a free man, children of the Civil War. Black... Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, along with Ms. Leanne Whippet, Hall of Famer there. Uh, if you'd like to email us, just go to our website, barbecuenationjt.com, and there's a you know thing, a contact thing there. You can fire off a, an email to us, and we will respond to it. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and 30 other social media platforms out there. There's a ton of them now. Um, it's almost a full-time job to to mess around with that stuff today we're talking with pat ford from ford gourmet foods back in raleigh north carolina pat was kind enough uh after i reached out to him he sent me a care package actually he sent me two of them and which i'm not complaining okay mm -hmm. I, it, it's all good but one of the fun things i got when i opened up the last one was there was a mop and I, I was walking around the kitchen with this mop and, and Shelly came in and she goes, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just practicing, you know, but anyway, it, it was, it's cute, but I'm using it just so you well, know, I, I'm using it go. like that. And you don't have to just, it's dishwasher safe and it, it probably won't ever go back to the way it looked when you got it, but that's no, yeah. no, it but it's, it gets used. It, it is getting used and because it, it's white, first of all, it's white. And then secondly, it says bone sucking sauce on it, I think. And then it, mm -hmm. it, it won't be the same when I get done with it. I promise. Good. Mm -hmm. I, I hope it's not. I can't wait to find out what you actually make with it. Okay. Well, a lot of those things that are on the on uh, the wall right behind you there on on your image, uh, I've already used it on some ribs and some tri tips. So we'll see what's mm -hmm. coming up next. It, it does good. Cool. Anyway, back to. Uh, your your sauces and your rubs and stuff you've got a really good selection of sauces and i want to go back and talk a little more about the development of that you, you know you have uh of course bone sucking sauce i've got the list right here in front of me if my eyes will focus and you got fire dancer and you've got your wing sauce you've got your mustard sauce uh how and then we started to talk about this but the development of that walk us through the stages if you will quickly of how ford gourmet foods actually develops these things after dad comes out of the kitchen and says i think i've got something <laughs> i think this is it um well I, let's see we'll, we'll pick one item in particular let's say our steak rub sure our steak rub was something that when it was my brother and i have birthdays that are very close together we're a couple of years apart, but he's in January, I'm in February. So my dad would always cook us steaks for our birthday at his house. So we'd have everybody over and that was the thing. And he made this, the steaks were the best steaks. I did better than any restaurant anywhere else you could ever go. 
And the steak rub that he was using was the one that we have now. But it was one that we'd used the same time over and over for years, just at family gathering. And so it's, it, yeah, it's not that we say, hey, well, let's go come up with a steak rub. And then we just put some stuff together and put it in a bottle. Right. These things are tried and tested. And then after we say, okay, let's do it. We have a couple of test kitchens here. We'll uh, we're cooking up like, you know, with that, it was ribeyes. It was every type of beef, sure. you know, even brisket and everything else. And we keep testing it and we keep tweaking it. And we keep testing it, keep tweaking it. And then everybody here is eating the entire time. And it's wonderful because for a couple of weeks, everybody gets to try everything imaginable that you can have with that product. And then at the end of it, everybody's really disappointed when we say, okay, it's a wrap. Yeah. Like, oh no, I, yeah. you know, I don't want some more of that or some more of this. Um, so anyway, it is, um, it's, these things take a long time to come out with. And, um, but even with all the resources we have now and knowledge we have now, it does take quite a bit of time. And then you yeah. want to make sure it's something that people like better than anything else. So they come buy it and they keep buying it. Do you do it's not just okay. Do you do testing outside of there in the, the warehouse? I mean, do you go out and have like a blind taste test group or I, some companies do that. Others don't. Uh, do you take it out in public and just say, try this? We don't. Um, we have enough people here and enough different palates here. So we feel like it's a pretty good mix. Uh -huh. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a wonderful place to come work because we have some people that are here as temps and everything else. And all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is great. You guys eat like this all the time. We're like, no, we wish we did. Um, but anyway, and it's the UPS guy. It's the FedEx guy. It's the people that are part of our daily lives here. Sure. Uh, the UPS guy was one of the ones that helped us come up with our hot sauce. He was the only one that could really taste at that high level of heat. And the day that he walked out, he got about halfway out the door and hiccuped. And he turned around and said, you got it. He said, that's it. I, and I hiccuped. And we were like, what is hiccup? And he said, well, if it's hot enough to me, it makes me hiccup. And so we named it Hiccup and Hot Sauce because of our UPS guy. Oh, that's awesome. All the, so anyway, it, it's the label guy coming in. It's the package guy coming in. It, it's all of those people are also part of the, the focus group, if you will. So I, I got this image. And uh, mm -hmm. I've actually seen pictures of your dad, but I got this image of him being like the, a mad scientist like Doc in Back to the Future. <laughs> He's working in the kitchen, you know, his hair. I got it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, it, yeah, that's a funny image of him. He is a very exact man. So that's a funny, yeah, he's, he, he is like the scientist of it because everything he does is, is right on target. There's no gray area with that. It's all measured out. It's all everything else when it comes right. down to it. That's pretty funny. Wow. That, so would you say it takes like a year for you to come out with the product? Say he comes and he says, okay, this is it. And then once you go through the test kitchen labeling, got it, what, you know, everything, would you say it's about a year turnaround or does it change? It changes. Um, sometimes if it depends on how far we are with it before we decide, yes, this is a product we need to do. Mm -hmm. um, also, it feels like right before a food show is right when everything gets, if we have something, they're like, okay, we need to get it ready for New York. or We need to get it ready for Anaheim or something like that. Right. We'll all of a sudden find ourselves compressing it down. And then we're taping labels on the bottles so we can have the testing at the show and let everybody see it and know what they're getting into. Do you so think those shows are beneficial? I do, because I guess that is our larger focus group, if you will, uh -huh. because, you know, all those people, the feedback we give from those shows is, is 
so valuable because it's so many different, so many of our different customers we get to see at one place. And so, you know, it's just the numbers there are just staggering. Like with Expo West with 80,000 people coming through there or, you know, Seattle, Paris with 180 to 190,000 people. So you have some of these shows that are just a ginormous amount of people. Yeah, I so, noticed yeah, it. That is good for us. I noticed you said you're in 80, 80 countries now? 84. We just um, wow. picked up Panama and Colombia. So those wow. are two of our newest. Yeah. We're going to take another break. We're going to be back with Pat Ford from Ford Gourmet Foods. You might know them for their bone-sucking sauce, uh, et cetera. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's JT from Barbecue Nation, and my friends down at Smoky Bones have come up with a great summer special for you. For a limited time, get the Rib Feast for only $19.99. Now, Rib Feast comes with a house rack, two sides, garlic bread, and a drink, and that's when you actually eat at the restaurant. Smoky Bones, the masters of meat, well, they have about 63 locations from Illinois all the way down to Florida, and they bring you fire-grilled favorites and barbecue platters every day for lunch and dinner, and it's great stuff. So find a Smoky Bones near you and enjoy their summer rib feast special, only $19.99. That's Smoky Bones, the masters of meat. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks over at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Uh, beef just like your grandfather used to make or raise and beef that you're proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef and also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Great quality, great efficiency in the kitchen. I've got some. Leanne's got some. Meathead's mm-hmm. got some. A lot of people have them. So check them out online at GunterWilhelm.com. We're talking with Pat Ford today from Ford Gourmet. Uh, foods back in Raleigh, North Carolina. What's the toughest part of your job? Or is there a tough part? Waking up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's sometimes ever recurring thing of just being in the shower, getting ready for work early in the morning. Um, No, I just love it. I don't know. If I had to pick anything to do different, like another career anything, I wouldn't enjoy this much. I think it's just Mm -hmm. what we do is if we don't enjoy it, we change it. Yeah, we make it to what we want to do. Um, if not, it's our fault. So you were but, talking uh, about trends. Um, yeah. Do you have anything on the horizon um, that's coming out or you're working on? We do. Um, and uh, we just finished the te- testing on all the different types of meats on a, uh, a garlic, salt, pepper and onion rub. Mm-hmm. And it's one that uh, we use on pork tenderloin. We use it on chicken. We use the on, I mean, hamburger, even hamburger steaks and briskets and everything else. So that that's something that, you know, of course, has been a trend for many years. And we were real slow to come out with ours just because we wanted to make sure it was something that really we used a lot and really believed in it before we just uh-huh. came to market with. So I think we'll probably be the last ones to market with that product. But we do have a really good one that we're coming out with. You know, you know, Pat, so many people get into the the spice business, the sauce business. And they may have a great product. You know, some of them aren't so sharp as, you know, you test them as you're going through, but a lot of them have, you know, really decent products, but they fail. 
and why what do you attribute the success i mean yes you had your your produce and you had airport stores so you guys really had a handle on the business that way but what do you attribute your success to uh where other people fall short a little bit um speaking of that i think there's 200 barbecue sauces in north carolina just in our state alone mm-hmm. um so they're and you're right a lot of them are wonderful sauces when anybody ever tells me they make a barbecue sauce i want to try it because i love barbecue sauce or I love rubs and seasonings. So I'm always like, please send me some. Let me try it. I'll trade you. Yeah. I love trying other stuff. I think uh-huh. a lot of it has to do with the name of the product. I think our name is, you know, people know what it is just by the name. And I think the what's in the jar backs up the name. And I think our marketing somehow is it's we weren't professionals in the consumer packaged good business at all, to say the least. And we just did it what we, the way we thought that it should be. And right. it's just slow and steady and not fast. And we slowly kept grabbing shelf space and really grew it from a small family type business to, um, like you said, all these other countries now. But it is one, one shelf at a time. And it's a lot of demos. I think, I think if somebody gets into it and thinks it's going to be, I get one chain of stores and I've made it. I think it's going to be a real sad day for them when they realize uh-huh. how many stores it takes to make it work and day well, in and day out. Well, one thing I can, um, cause I took my turn in that barrel, but I had to make a decision years ago cause I didn't have the time to do both things that I needed to do. Right. So I, I walked away from the seasoning business, but the one thing I can say, <laughs> your labels are so clean. A lot of times people get labels on their sauces or their rubs, but more so their sauces. They want to tell the world their entire story, you know, on a two and a half by four and a half wraparound on a bottle. And it's just too much. But yours really sticks out. Um, you know, it's white with black and red on it. And it's very the the title of the product is huge in comparison to the other uh uh, fonts and stuff on there. And I, I just think that makes a world of difference to me because it grabs yeah. your attention. We say you only have a, a split second to grab somebody's attention as they're walking through the, the aisle. And the mm-hmm. first label was actually hand-drawn by my mom's best friend at the time. Um, well, still is one of her best friends, but she actually, that's she hand-drew it. And mom and dad put it on a copier machine with the blue, they taped it all together <laughs> and mm-hmm. set it in. And that, that became our label for many years. Um, it was a hand-drawn, it wasn't even a real font. And now we actually have a font. But we've had to mix a couple of fonts together to make it work. Right. Uh-huh. But it did, but it is very simple labeling. Do you you talk about shelf space? Do you get uh prominent shelf space now? Because you know, even though you guys are doing great, you're still gotta be battling with um uh, craft and uh in-store brands now and of course sweet baby rays and some of those. So you kind of build up to the the premier shelf space, don't you? Unless you want to just buy it. Right. And, you know, it, it's so true. When we when we started, I'd always say, Let me, give me one spot on the bottom. Just give me one spot. We'll earn it. But just, you know, and I always say with a, with a very inexpensive item, you're going to make a quarter on a bottle. With ours, you may make a couple of dollars. So just give me one, one wide. And then as we grow, and you and it proves itself just you know you'll give it the space you want it to have at your store 
-hmm. And that was always what I asked for. Just give me one space on the bottom. That's all I need. Just, just let me be right there at the bottom. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see if we can make it work. And if it doesn't, you don't need to carry it anyway. It's our fault. Let's yeah. try something different. Well, I know that was a real eye-opening for me when they, I walked into what is now Kroger's nationwide and they were like, yeah, you can do this, but it's going to cost you like $8,000 a month for us to wait a minute. It's going to cost me $8,000 a month. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know? yeah and most people don't understand how all that works. They, they, and I always say, you know, when somebody knocks over a display in the grocery store and they're like, Oh, don't worry about it because they're not worried about it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be whoever's display that was. They really aren't worried at all. No, no, they just, they just clean it up and put it in the back room. And when you come around, you either fix it or take it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what they expect. That's exactly right. Yeah. And I always say like my forklift, if we drive a forklift off the dock, I don't get to call the forklift manufacturer and see if no. I can send it back. Right. Right. <laughs> <That's ours. laughs> we so, so what are the family meetings like? Uh, we just had one this morning. Uh, every Tuesday morning, we have a breakfast meeting and it's uh, we all get together and it's uh, my dad, my brother, and my mom and I. Um, and it is about as competitive as you can imagine a meeting being. We, uh, we're in different departments and we are all very uh, proud of our own departments and very competitive. And ever since I got out of college, we've had those Tuesday morning meetings and it's, uh, it's always been That's the same. Cool. It's highly yeah. competitive. We talk business, we go over spreadsheets and numbers, we talk strategy, and then we talk about family. And we ask him, you know, I want to know everything going on with each other. And it's a it's it's something that I'm really happy that my parents were able to put in place for us for all these years. Uh -huh. Do you do that at mom's house or do you do it at a restaurant? We used to do it in a restaurant. And after at the pandemic, when everybody shut down, we started doing it in our warehouse. Uh -huh. and, uh, we have a little table right outside one of the test kitchens and it's it's a plain table with a red and white check uh, tablecloth and it looks like a picnic table and mm -hmm. we eat yogurt and, you know, all sit there and eat fruit and whatever, you know, whatever the meal is of the day. And, and we talk everything. It's well, a that's... great time to catch up and just stop. And, yeah. And enjoy each other. I would assume that with that many so. employees and the different departments that even though you, you see your mom, your dad, your brother, whatever you don't get much of a chance to visit with them from 4 a.m till 3 p.m and by 3 p.m you sure as hell don't want to talk to anybody that's <laughs> so quiet right home yeah that's about the size i don't want the phone to ring you just yeah want, need a minute um yeah but yeah that's that's true because it'll be days it could be a week where i don't even see my brother even though we're on the same loading dock in different offices huh. so it's nice that we can actually sit down at those meetings and catch up well that's pretty yeah. cool yeah, very lucky. When you look uh, look out in the future, what does Patrick see for uh, two things, actually? For gourmet foods, but also the barbecue industry in general. Uh, I think we, I see a lot of early mornings in Ford's gourmet foods future. <laughs> and I think we, yeah, we stick to what we're doing. Um, we got some younger family members coming up. We'll see if... Uh, you know, like my daughter's been in the, she worked the warehouse for six years here. She's in college now. Um, you know, I'm sure she'll be, I don't know, maybe she'll come back. Maybe she won't. Yeah. You know, we always say here, do what your dream is just because it's our dream. Doesn't mean it has to be your dream. Right. Um, I have a nephew that's working next door uh, and he's already here. Um, so maybe, you know, who knows what the future will bring. Um, but as far as the barbecue sauce as a category, I think it, it continues to grow. And it's a, a lot of craft 
uh, style sauces in the market. They're very interesting. I think people like the smaller, more crafty type sauces now, like the craft uh-huh. beer industry. I, I really see a lot of people going towards that, which is wonderful. It's great for all of us. I think one of the things that I've noticed over the years, and I, I'll try to make this short because we've got another break coming up. But I think the 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 old standbys, the crafts, the sweet baby rays that I think people take those home and then they mix their own stuff in it and they use yes. it as a base and yes. then they then then they create it. Maybe they take credit for this wonderful barbecue uh-huh. sauce or whatever. But yeah. I think there's enough information out there, lots of products, great ones like sure. bone sucking sauce okay. and that that people try to mess around with it themselves. I don't really know very many people unless they they're not a very good cook and I'm not slamming them, but maybe they don't have the experience that just take like Kansas city style KC barbecue or whatever, and just put it on the meat and leave it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And yeah. it's, it's interesting because there's like, you would never do that with a beer. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and wrap up the show this week with Pat Ford from Ford's gourmet foods back in Raleigh, North Carolina, bone sucking sauce. Uh, that's their, that's your lead product. So, uh, very good stuff. They was kind enough to send Leanne and myself care packages, mm-hmm. uh, but we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation on the Barbecue Nation Radio Network and the USA Radio Networks on JT. Along with Miss Leanne Whippen, we've got Pat Ford with us. Pat will bicker, stick around for after hours. He has no idea what that entails, which is a, probably a good thing. He's going to actually- find out. He's going <laughs> to find out. I think I'm going to. Here's Johnny. <laughs> so, yes. Um, when you guys have family stuff, I mean, even though you guys work sounds like incredibly hard and long all the time, but you gotta, you, you've got to take time once in a while to kick back and have a family barbecue or go on a trip or something when you do like a family gathering we used to call them family fights uh everybody (laughs) you know is that all you talk about is business or or recipe development or can you talk about uh you know the panthers or something in their their standings this year well it's it is interesting that when we get away from here we talk very little about business that's good Yes, there's so much other life going on that we try and when we leave here, we leave here. We try not to bring it home. That, that's something that we've always, you know, my parents are real good about making sure that when we leave here, we always tell everybody that works here, don't answer email at night. Don't do anything. When you walk long enough, when you get away from here, be away from here. And then when you're here, be here. Um, so with these family gatherings, a lot of times we use our own products and cooking. Sure. Um, but that's that's about as far as that goes um, is with the the business talk at the uh, the family gathering. So All right, it is good. We have a lot of good products we can use to cook with, though, at these gatherings. Absolutely, yeah. Find a few derelict cousins showing up for free food once in a while. Oh yeah, we got it all. Our, and they say if you don't have crazy in your family, it's because you it's you. Yeah, and you don't see it, but everybody's got crazy. Yeah, I I can verify that. 
uh, actually. So, so I, um, I was talking to a, a top executive of a, a large store and he was telling me that dry rubs were out selling the sauces. Are you seeing that trend with your products? You saw a huge spike in dry rubs over the last couple of years. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's amazing how fast dry rubs are going right now. I think anything that people see now, TikTok or social media, it used to be you saw on the food network. Mm-hmm. Now it's food network plus the other things. And if they're using them and they're heavily used on the social media platforms, you see a lot of the public follows that. And a lot of people were forced to cook during the pandemic that had never cooked before. Right. Mm-hmm. And so our recipe, uh, how easy the recipes needed to be to mm-hmm. show these people that had never cooked before. And a dry rub is something that we, we changed the name from dry. We used to be a uh, rub, like a rib rub. And then we changed it to seasoning and rub. So mm-hmm. people would know they could use it as a seasoning who had no idea that you could do it as both. Uh, but yeah, it's a, and I think diet wise, it's really easy for people to put seasonings into things to give it a lot of flavor without a lot of calories or other Absolutely. things that they add. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we are seeing a huge thing uh, spike in the season. What's your number one selling product? Bone sucking sauce. That's what I that's thought. A, that's what pays the bills. That's why. It's, <laughs> where is it? Hold on, it's over here. There it yeah. is. Yeah. That's it. It keeps the lights on. Um, yeah. yeah tried and true. And our thicker style is number two. So no our, kidding. The, yeah, number one and number two is the regular and the thicker style. Wow. Well, so, some people yeah. aren't totally into vinegar base. I happen to be a huge vinegar base fan. I mean, I love actually the Western vinegar. I love, you know, your sauce is great. It's it's got the right balance and just that little bit of ketchup or whatever secret that you add in there is it's just delicious. Um, but the thicker sauce, I can say people just like, you know, is it's a little sweeter. You know, people just sometimes don't gravitate towards vinegar. Everybody has a different you know, taste that they like. So, yeah. yeah. And who are we to tell them? You know, we always say it's easier to let people buy what they want instead of what mm-hmm. we want them to have. Right. But no, we I do think... have another one that's a little sweeter now that we just come out with called a sweet Southern, which I think yep. you guys both got. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that yep. is not even in storage yet. It's just now starting to hit the store. Here's a little Jeff secret here. When I get, when I get samples like from years, I, I didn't open all of them at one time. Because I'd already had some bone sucking sauce, which is in the fridge. And so that was good. But when you're sweet one there, I looked at that and I had to take the label off and stick my finger in it <laughs> just to try it. That's that's my yeah. testing ground. That How's it, uh, how'd it work? That was, was just it? perfect. That it finger hadn't like... tasted that good in weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we had one of our distributors in New York when he got uh those two bottles he was in his truck driving and had the case on the front seat with him and he said he realized he'd open both of them up and he was holding the jars in his hands trying to drive and he was putting his tongue in each bottle what he must look like to the cars going by him on the long island freeway yeah oh well you know it's well worth it if you want to do that i would recommend actually uh, if you're going to test any of Pat's products get home first. Yes. yes. (laughs) Barbecue safely. Barbecue safely like that. It's interesting. One thing you said, and then we're going to bug out of here in a couple of minutes, but we will pick it up in after hours too. We saw a huge spike, Pat, in during the COVID and all the shutdowns and all that stuff of the barbecue business just kind of jumped up huge yes you know they were selling a lot of grills that's kind of tapered off for right now but one of the things that you said that 
I, I think is really key is a lot of people cooked that normally did not cook, you know, it's true. I, I've, I know uh, people that I worked at at various radio stations. And of course, when they had a food question, they usually came to me, or if it was on another group of stations, they had somebody that dealt with food. That was fine. But there was always this group of people that these like very skinny women, and I'm not being a, butt, but, you know that they oh. they never they they don't eat much, you know, right. and and they sure as hell don't cook much. But all of a sudden, they kind of got into grilling and smoking and barbecuing like that. Now um, they didn't gain any weight, but it's interesting that they've made that progression and then using products like yours when they find the ones they really like. You know, we've got them. They yeah. the, the barbecue world has got them then, and I think yes. that's kind of a cool thing. I think it's really cool because. Um, like we were saying, the people before, if they went and got a rotisserie chicken from the grocery store, right? We were telling people get that and then put sauce on it, put it in the oven. You know that that was a recipe for some of these people, right? Uh-huh. And you're right, a lot of people all of a sudden got a grill, and they the pellet grills went crazy during that time as well. Yeah, just plug it in, kind of like the Ronco, set it in, forget it kind of method, right? And uh, yes, and it and I do think if people weren't going to restaurants, they get kind of boring on the second or third week of whatever they could could or could not microwave. So right. They had to branch out. Pat Ford, uh, Ford's Gourmet Foods, his sauce, uh, the leader of the sauce line is Bone Sucking Sauce. He's got Bone Sucking Wing Sauce, Fire Dancer. Um, and you got the sweet now that's coming out. Real quick, when will that be out, do you think? When will that hit the we, shelves? We've just started shipping it right now. Excellent, so excellent. Yeah. Great. Um, and you can yeah. find out more if you just go to uh, Bone Sucking dot com and uh there and you can order from them too i think yeah that's yeah, true do that. get some right now that's good okay one. pat thank you very much he's going to stick around for after hours after hours if i say that properly leanne mm-hmm. thank you again yeah. for always being my co-pilot on this deal thank you for having me thank you yeah and thank you uh, both for having me thank no, you really no problem honor. uh we'll be back next week with another edition of barbecue nation and uh, until then remember our motto turn it don't burn it take care everybody Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.